Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. All right, it is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's start with a tweet uh, put out yesterday by Premier John Horgan mm-hmm. on healthcare resources in British Columbia and noting that a lot of nurses, doctors, and other frontline healthcare workers, he says, are burned out and he wants to do something mm-hmm. to help them. Let's have a listen to what he had to say. Here's Horgan. The strain on the faces of healthcare providers is not about accounting. It's not about the Canada health transfer. It's about people who are strained beyond belief. We also need to train the next generation of healthcare providers. Okay, so you heard him say there it's not about the Canada health transfer, but in the same tweet, he also points the finger at the Fed saying he's working with, he wants the Fed to put more money into health care. Your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, this is, again, just a continuation of the what came out of the Premier's conference here in Victoria at the beginning of this month. Um, where the premiers are united in their call on Ottawa to kick in um, more than $25 billion a year in, in health care funding. Now, the, the federal government has retorted that, wait a minute, guys, you're not counting the tax transfers we send your way, which you're free to spend any which way you want. Uh, so it's a, right now it's an intractable argument between the two sides. Uh, Horgan continues to push this. He's a bit of a, I wouldn't say he's a lame duck premier, but he is about to depart. Uh, he's the council of the, of the council of uh, the Feder- He's the chair of the council of the federation right now. That's not going to continue. So he's going to lose his leadership voice on this issue uh, sooner than later. And it'll be interesting which of the premiers picks that up. Yeah, and we were talking off air about this this horrible case at Lionsgate Hospital mm-hmm. where a woman died in the in the emergency uh, in the emergency ward, right on a stretcher. And the nurses' and- union and staff are saying that as a result of staff shortages. Yeah, right. That, um, right. Now, there's, there's staff shortages. And again, it's not just BC. Stories are coming out of Ontario and Alberta every day about similar cases of, of uh, staff shortages. Absolutely jammed ERs. Yeah. Um, it's, um, it's a phenomenon that's occurring across the country. And we're seeing staff shortages. You and I have talked about this before in all sorts of sectors. Uh, BC Ferries continues to cancel sailings because they do not have enough trained mariners. There's apparently something like 26,000 short worldwide of mariners of people who are actually trained to pilot vessels which include ferries and cargo ships and others and that's just one sector the same applies to nurses to family doctors uh health technicians doesn't get a lot of attention but there's a there's a shortage of health technicians people who run mri machines and such all, all these are part and parcel of the contract talks that are going on between uh, the various employers and public sector unions, which includes the nurses' union, includes the Health Sciences Association, the doctors of BC, and the HEU. The Vancouver Coastal Health Authority has said that there is an investigation underway to what happened with that, that an elderly woman who died after being treated for two days on a stretcher in the emergency department's waiting room at Lionsgate Hospital. And as you mentioned, the nurses' union is saying that the nurses who work at the hospital are devastated and traumatized mm-hmm. by this incident. Now, this is all in, in the back, in the backdrop or the contract talks. Well, so, it, I mean, you, you can know, never separate the contract talks from, yeah. from what's in terms of what, some of the language that's being used. But nevertheless, so this is a very troubling incident that occurred. They're spending two days in an in emergency room bed. 
is unusual, but not unheard of. I've had a family member who had a stroke spend three days in a hospital bed, but that was 20 years ago. So this is this is not necessarily a new situation, but it is unusual, and it's a reflective, again, the chronic shortage of staff, which is a combination of people being sick with COVID and not being not being uh, coming into work to various protocols, five days for some companies, seven days for others. A uh, number of retirements, people are, the baby boomer generation is mo- moving into retirement in great numbers, and that's affecting all sectors as well. What What is it, real quickly, what is the status of contract talks now with all these public sector unions? It sounds like it's, a lot of them seem to be taking a bit of a summer hiatus. Uh, not sure when the GEU is going to talk again. They're the lead contract um, table right now. Haven't heard reports from the other unions, but I assume the fall is going to be very busy when it comes to potential job action. Okay, let's uh, take a look at what's going on south of the border with the January 6th uh, uh, cond- hearings that have been going on in Congress. And now widespread reports here of a potential criminal investigation into the January 6th inth- incident. And could Donald Trump wow. be part of this? Like Washington, Washington Post, Post and New York Times, New York have Times both in, reporting impeccable this. Impeccable sources yeah. basically describing a scene of the... the, the, the Wagons are gathered, circling around Donald Trump and a few others that they could be facing criminal indictments, which yeah. is extraordinary. You know, I'm just halfway through. As you know, I'm a Watergate buff yeah. through another Watergate history. And every time I look at the January 6th stuff, it reminds me just as bad as Watergate was, it was nowhere near as potentially bad as this thing was. This was basically an, an, an attempted coup. And the Watergate was just a, you know, a, a combination of, um, of uh, criminality and incompetence uh, and paranoia. This one, though, was much more dangerous. New York Times reporting that federal prosecutors are asking witnesses about Trump's involvement in the efforts to reverse the election loss. And this is a Justice Department criminal investigation. Now, have a listen to this. This is Republican member of Congress Liz Cheney, of course, a very high profile critic of Trump. Uh, and she's asked about whether she thinks Trump could be criminally charged here. Here's what she had to tell CNN. There's no doubt in my mind that the president of the United States is unfit for further office. Uh, that any, any man who would conduct themselves, or woman, who would conduct themselves the way that he did in attempting to overturn an election and stay in power must never again be anywhere close to the Oval Office. Okay, well, she, you know, that doesn't mean that he's going to be charged. I'd be shocked if Trump is criminally charged. I wouldn't here. be shocked. I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, the the, the signs are out there. that Former the justice... president. I'm going to charge a former president. Yeah, well, I mean, no other president's done what he tried to do, yeah. which was try to basically overthrow an election and overthrow a Democratic result. As bad as Nixon was, he resigned. Yeah. He actually fell on his sword. Uh, he realized he had done wrong, and he, and he resigned. Donald Trump is not that same character. Do you think Trump will run again for president? I don't know. I think he's. the reports we keep getting south of the border suggest that it's looking less likely that he will, but yeah. we'll see. I mean, this, <laughs> as you know, I've talked about for a couple of years, this is uncharted territory. You never know with this guy. We'll talk more about... I mean, can you think <laughs> of a more unpredictable person than Donald Trump? Yeah, you never know. You never, you never know what's know. going to happen. We'll talk more about Trump later in the show, by the way, because this weekend, that new Saudi Arabia-backed golf league yes. is having their next tournament at one of Trump's golf courses in New Jersey. And I'll be speaking to a representative of 9-11, just, 9/11 Families for Justice, oh, who are very 
very angry. Very about angry. That. At, very angry yeah, at yeah, Trump. It's a very contentious issue in the golf world and, uh, and outside the golf world as well. Okay, Danielle Smith running for the leadership of the United Conservative Party in Alberta. You've been following her comments about cancer. Very in- controversial yeah. com- comments about cancer, and she, she's had a, a long list of controversial comments about many things. Okay, this is really interesting. So this is in Daniel Smith and her podcast, and she was talking to a natural health provider, or some sort of un, uh, alternative health provider, and they're talking about cancer. Now, we'll play the clip here. It's got her into some trouble here. She's talking about late-stage cancer, and people are really, really sick from cancer, stage four, and she appears to, she comments about, well, once you're at stage four cancer, there's not much you can do about it, and isn't it too bad we didn't do something, basically suggesting you could have done something earlier, you know, to, and the way it's being presented. Well, we'll talk, have a listen, and then we'll get your thoughts. So here's Danielle Smith and the comments on cancer that are getting a lot of attention. When you think about everything that built up before you got to stage four in that diagnosis, that's completely within your control. And there's something that you can do about that that is different. Okay, this is being interpreted that somehow or other, if you end up with late stage cancer, that maybe there's something you could have done about it earlier to prevent yourself from getting well, it. Don, Don Braid, who's the veteran and well-respected columnist for the Calgary Herald, political columnist, yeah. just wrote a column, I think it was yesterday, saying if, if he had followed Danielle Smith's advice, he'd be dead. So he's he's had cancer, and it's uh, been treated. So Daniel Smith, I mean, she's just a walking bit of controversy on any number of fronts. I mean, she's, she wants that Alberta, um, that law that basically would allow Alberta to ignore federal uh, legislation, federal uh, rules of law. So she's she's pushing the edge of the envelope for sure. And right now it looks like she's probably the odds-on favorite. Brian Jean's the, the, her main opponent out there in terms of the United Conservative Party. But, again, I wonder whether that party's going to be able to hang together just as the same questions are hanging over the federal Conservative Party. Can they hang together post-leadership? Yeah, Brian Jean is his, probably his, her main opponent mm-hmm. for to become the next premier of Alberta here. And his own family has been touched by cancer. He's been very uh, critical mm-hmm. of Daniel Smith for these comments. Daniel Smith... Kind of trying to walk it back a little bit here. She posted this to Twitter yesterday. Danielle Smith in a follow-up comment here. Have a listen. But I do want to offer my sincere love to anyone who has lost a loved one from cancer, including Brian Jean. We all have these stories, myself included, and prevention needs to become part of the conversation. Okay, so I think she, I think that indicates, she knows maybe she made a mistake. Here, I think but, she realized that yeah. she started wading into territory she had no knowledge of. And cancer is obviously a very, very, very sensitive issue for many people. Yeah. And when you start questioning treatments and saying, if you'd done this, this would have happened, without any medical expertise, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Okay, it's Baldry's Beat. Lots of calls right to them. Daryl and Coquitlam. Daryl, go ahead. Yeah, I spent a lengthy time in Calgary. My wife's family lives there. The healthcare system in British Columbia is the same in Alberta. They're closing hospitals. They're closing emergency wards. They're having problems with ambulances. It's exactly what's happening here. My second point, there are a number of moderates who are running to succeed Jason Kenney. One of them, I think his name is Taves or Toes. He was the former mm-hmm. uh, finance yeah. minister. Yeah. And they have lots of support from sitting MLAs, also a woman. I forget her name, who's an MLA. And they're not interested in these sovereignty things. They've got other things to do, health care, education. They're scared that what will happen if Daniel okay. Smith is elected, Let- that will be a win for Rachel Notley. I'll get Thank your comment. To the, callers, know, you po- will know. To the ahead, caller's Keith. point about Alberta yeah. uh, having the same health care problems as BC yeah. is a very good one. I also get the Seattle Times in my inbox every day. Last week they moved a story that Washington State hospitals were at full capacity for the first time ever. 
that their emergency rooms are absolutely jammed. So it's happening in Washington State. It's happening in Alberta. It's happening, happening in Ontario. Uh, it's happening in BC. This is a, a phenomenon that's occurring right across the healthcare system. And I don't think we've, we've faced anything like this before. So the pre- back to Horgan's comments about feds coming to the table with more money. I think the pressure's on the feds in a way that's never been there before, but also on the provinces to come up with more money as well. Yeah, I agree totally. Mike in Maple Ridge. Hi, Mike. Go ahead. Well, hi, guys. Uh, first off, I uh, really enjoy listening to you both. Uh, question. Um, haven't heard much uh, from Dr. Bonnie Henry. I was just wondering if uh, she's okay. I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Thank you. Thank, thank you. <laughs> yeah, she, she actually took a vacation, if you can yeah. believe it. I saw, actually ran into her last Friday. Um, she was on vacation. She's entitled to a vacation. I don't think she really took much of a vacation for the last couple of years, but uh, everybody's entitled to some time off. I expect we're probably going to hear from her and Minister Dix at some point in the next few weeks, just as a reminder, certainly as we get ready for the school um, uh, year, I think you're going to see some reminders from public health as to what, what, what the situation is. And she's warned before, once we get into the respiratory illness season, um, come November, December, January, we're probably going to be hearing a lot more from public health because I think for sure we're going to see more flu cases and more more COVID-19. But right now, thankfully, we're not seeing um, a big spike in ICU numbers. I don't think there's any reason for Bonnie Henry and Adrian Nix to really come out and say much about the situation because it's basically still lots of COVID around though. I mean, you know, no, I know lots lot, of people have got it. Oh, for sure. But I get, what I keep an eye on is the ICU numbers and the hospital numbers. Yeah. And so far the hospital numbers are still a little, little high, but those are primarily people over the age of 80 yeah. who will have much more serious outcomes. But the ICU numbers are, are basically flat, which is good. Lori and mission. Hi, Lori, go ahead. Hi, Mike. Hi, Keith. How are you guys this morning? Good, good. Go ahead. Good. Well, my comment has to do with uh, Danielle Smith and her uh, statement that basically if you have four-stage lung or a four-stage cancer, it's kind of your own fault because you could have done something about it. And they don't call cancer the silent killer for nothing. Um, and if you're a healthy person, sometimes by the time you realize you're sick, you do have third or fourth stage of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Surrey has a triage center, and that's how we discovered my sister had four-stage lung cancer. Otherwise, she would have passed away from cancer, and we would have assumed it was mm-hmm. MS. Yep. Thank you. So, yep. Thank you, Laurie. No, that's that. a very good call, Laurie. Um, I actually know people in the pandemic. Your access to health care wasn't as, as um, fluid as it is now. A lot of people, it was, uh, you know, Zoom meetings with doctors and such. And I know some people basically where their cancer probably could have been detected if they had had access to, to timely health care right, a couple years right. ago. And yeah. because of the pandemic, they weren't able to get that. As a result, they are in a worse situation than they would have been had it been detected earlier. So we are seeing instances of that.